we got Dre milk is what they called it. Dre, which would have been whatever animal they had on the camp. Those are uh, uh, Jacob's Jacob sheep. They weren't actual sheep, though. Are you talking about the the ones? The rabbit camp? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are Jacob's sheep. They have four horns. What are Jacob's sheep? They're sheep with four horns. In real life? Yep. Yeah, they're real. Oh, I didn't know that. What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Me just thinking it's another Star Wars invention. <laughs> And we are live with another episode of the Andor After Show. This is episode five, which means we watched episode five of Andor, and we're here to talk about what happened in that episode. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. This is the show brought to you by The Key, where we do after shows. It's pretty simple. It's in the title of the show. We do after shows. Um, and I also got my co-host, Sarah, with uh, AKA Miss Marauder. Hello. How's it going? Fantastic. It's been a week. It's been a week. It I, certainly has been seven days. I, I hate <laughs> that I have to wait a week in between um, and or episodes. It, it, I think it hurts me. I, I'll get to it, but I think it hurts me more than any other Star Wars show, the waiting a week for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have yet to figure out why. Well, kind of know why, but we will talk about it in today's episode of the after show. Um, but we also got a special guest today. We got Kira Elizabeth. AKA Kira Elizabeth with another H because you have like two <laughs> H's in your username. Why? What's up, Kira? Kira. Hi. Kira. Yeah, I have two H's. Kira, two syllables. Kira. Yeah. Kira. <laughs> um, I have two H's in my username because unfortunately, Kira Elizabeth with one H was taken. So I just went the lazy route and added another H. Who who who's the Kira Elizabeth that like didn't have two H's? Like who stole? Uh, I think I think it was a private account, so I couldn't even see. But oh, someone, that's someone the stole worst. it from me. That is the worst. <laughs> I'm like you challenge know, them. Username to good use, you know. <laughs> I I just like I hate those people. I just I I hate those. Just I have no I have no sympathy, no respect for any of those people that steal <laughs> usernames. Uh, I I'm right there I'm, with you. I've got the opposite thing where there was a woman somewhere, I think in Ohio, whose name is Sharon Zitney, uh, who thinks that her email address is my email address. So she will sign up for things under my email address and I'll get an email that's like, welcome, Sharon. What is like S Zitney? Yeah. She thinks that's her email, but it's my email. It's not your email, Sharon. Her name is Sharon. Get it together, Sharon. Come on, Sharon. I definitely am related to her. Um. I, I, I just, uh, I hate people that are not us. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, Kira, how have you been feeling about Andor so far? First things first, the first week, it was three episodes. Then it was an episode. And then this week, obviously, one episode. But, like, other than this episode five, how have you felt about the first four episodes? I definitely like that they dropped the first three together. I feel like having to wait a week between each of those episodes would have been a little excruciating. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the first three episodes, they really like hit us with his backstory, hit us with everything we needed to know before, you know, we got into 
the whole being recruited for the heist. And obviously it seems like episodes four through six, maybe, maybe even seven might be um, the actual heist. So I think it was yeah. uh, well done you in mean that episode regard. six or you mean week four, episode six? Like yeah, next sorry. week? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hard to, yeah. hard to keep track. Because like what episode of the after show is this and or after show? It's the third episode. Yeah. Because it's the third week, but it's the fifth episode. Anyway, whatever. But uh, what were you saying? I think that was just about it. I was just saying that I think it, it was set up really well in terms of like, like deciding to release, I guess, the first three episodes like together. Yeah, because the first three have like a cohesive story. Four yes. starts a kind of a brand new one, right? Exactly. Like it almost feels like the episodes, they're like setting it up where I don't know if they'll continue or it's like three, three and three and like just do it that way and like have mini well, episode series. Per funny se. you should say that, Kira, but we talked about it previously. Basically, this is the first season of Andor, right? It's 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. And the second season has 12 episodes. The first 12 episodes, so season one, is in the fir- in one year. It's supposed to take place at least, it's supposed to take place five years before, uh, before the Battle of Yavin. Whether it's a span of a year or it all takes place in one week, I don't know. But mm-hmm. the second season, every three episodes, it's supposed to jump forward a year. So it's supposed to be three episodes, four years, then three, then two, then one year before Battle of Yavin, and then we get to Rogue One. Interesting. Okay, I definitely heard something about, like, obviously having those, like, little time skips, because Mm -hmm. I feel like they definitely need to show, you know, his journey of getting to Rogue One, especially where his character seems very different from the character, like, the Cassian and Andor that we know in Rogue One. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm definitely excited to hear that they're going to cover, like, that whole time span yeah i just rewatched rogue one and it hurts it does sometimes when i watch these type of movies i keep like hoping to myself that the movie is different like that it just changed like the ending is different i totally hear you on that (laughs) like when gwen stacy dies in amazing spider-man 2 i just rewatched amazing spider-man 2 i'm like maybe this time it'll be different maybe she'll wake up (laughs) i'll I'll tell you how deep into it i am is what i will do is when they're hugging on the beach i'll just go oh and then i just shut my tv (laughs) off just like i don't need to see any more than that they (laughs) hugged maybe they kissed afterwards and then they lived happily ever after i'm I'm glad they just live in this bubble i'm glad they didn't kiss (laughs) which yeah there's fanfic for that which which (laughs) i mean it might be a it might be a thing with this series like is andor gonna try to sleep with every girl and then the final girl he doesn't sleep with is Jin, and then he dies Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Oh, no. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That he's like, they're setting him up as a womanizer, as such a womanizer. But Jin's the only one he like lets himself get close to. Oh, no. I mean, when you look like Cassie and how could girls not fall for that? (laughs) Real emotional. I like him when he's shaved, like not not in those first like four episodes or three episodes or whatever. Like when he shaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Better looking guy clean shaven, I think. Well, they probably did that too to try to de-age him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because <laughs> it's been five years since Rogue One, but it yes. is five years before, <laughs> so he should look what he looked 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, I like a good beard. I, I was sad to see it go. I did like the Me beard, too. but I do like the way his face looks. When when uh, Cyril had that moment where he was just like sitting in his bedroom, staring at the hologram, I wrote in my notes, I get it, buddy. I also <laughs> sometimes sit alone in my room, staring at a picture of Diego Luna. Yeah. I get it. Um, Rogue One hurts. And I, I, I do, I am a big fan of Rogue One. I am. I have been since since I watched it and but the biggest complaint about Rogue One is that the characters weren't well fleshed out because they were just destined to die right yeah do you feel like this is this show is going to make Andor's death even worse like it's gonna hurt because it's fleshing them out and we're gonna be with them for two three years depending on how many how long it takes for us to get season two do you feel like this is going to make the pain that much worse? I feel like yes, but also at the same time, if they had done it reverse and like given us the show first and we didn't know like his end, like I feel like it definitely would have hurt a lot worse to see his journey and then see his death. But at the same time, like I feel myself already getting reattached to this character because when I watched Rogue One, I definitely felt myself wanting to know more about the characters because they were so intriguing yeah um and it's definitely rogue one is one of my one of my favorite star wars movies if not my favorite star wars movie uh so i was definitely very excited to hear we were gonna get more of cassian and like hear his backstory like where he came from um so yeah i'm like i i definitely think it's it's bittersweet i don't know if that's the right word but there's pros and cons to knowing he dies at the end how wild would it have been if this star wars franchise had a series that ends with a movie where all the characters die at the end like a series that lasts <laughs> for two three years and in that final movie everyone's dead i would personally hate that but it would be interesting to see it would hurt a lot it can't it can't hurt more than rogue one so i welcome it now i'm like okay Let's see them have like some cojones, you know? Well, so you say that, but if you spend like years getting attached to characters and they're ripped from you, whereas Rogue One's. I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened so with much, Finn. Just... So. I mean, I guess. What's, what? I mean, I would have, I would have rather Finn go out in a blaze of glory than whatever they chose to do with him. <laughs> I know. I definitely still struggle with that whole ending yeah yeah i i feel like when i watched rogue one the thing that i was so impressed with was that i became so attached to the characters despite the fact that i had a strong feeling they were all gonna die i didn't and think they were gonna die i can feel this happening in this show and i'm like conscious of it and i'm mad at it like in a way that's like i love it and i'm mad at it yeah like uh particularly nemic we, we all we all know that little nerdy boy who's a true believer in the cause like the consensus i over everything i've seen in the discussion about him is like that boy is dead dead like so, he's there's no chance he's gonna survive yeah okay. so so in this episode First thing, I thought the heist was going to happen in this episode, but they, they're they choosing to take their time, which I'm cool with. We get really great character moments, in my opinion. Were you guys let down that the heist wasn't in this episode? For me, I honestly wasn't because I feel like 
the episode really gave us an inside look at like the the dynamic of this group and we got to know the characters before the high stakes came into play so I feel like it becomes even higher stakes because you find yourself kind of becoming attached to some of the characters um I'm gonna butcher names but the boy Sarah was just talking about Nemec I I I just have such a bad feeling and I already find myself being attached to him and like wanting him to live so I feel like we needed this episode to sort of get to know the characters so we feel like they're just all gonna die I wouldn't say all of them okay but there's I feel like there at least has to be one, maybe two deaths to kind of show how high stakes this mission was. Um, and yeah, the toll. they, they oh, specifically sorry, call out Nemec because he says, oh, you're worried about the kids. So the two youngest ones are Nemec and they say he's a true believer. And then they say Cinta and she's the toughest one here. And it's yeah. like, okay, targets on their backs I immediately. Don't, I don't think I it's going to be Cinta. I think uh, that she's in the promotional poster and the other characters aren't. Cinta. Oh. Like uh, like the the background that we have by the way for anyone out there who's watching the live stream you can see all of our faces and our social media so definitely go follow everyone there. But uh the poster that I use for the background of the of the live stream has Cinta and I can't remember who else it has but it for sure has Cinta. Um and it doesn't have some of the other characters. So just a just a quick rundown. Uh we have Terramin, right? Who's who uh Terramin's leading the um the marching orders. And then he's like, why does he have to change to a left hand? Then we have Skeen, who is the guy who, you know, who's distrusting of of Andor and or sorry, Clem as as he goes by. Okay. Uh we have Skeen, we have Nemec, we have Vel who is uh the blonde girl who is is running the team we have cinta um which you know maybe we'll talk about cinta and vel in a little bit and then we have gorn who is the lieutenant Mm -hmm. gorn is the lieutenant who is switch sides right and i think that's our that's our crew um i really only see cinta i think on the poster I, i can't i i don't know who else I'm so happy you said the Cinta and Bell thing because I I clocked it and I was like, is that just am I projecting? Yeah. Or that's a that's a thing, right? There's there, there's like, oh. there's two clues. You guys want to talk about Vel and Cinta? They're together. Yeah, mm-hmm. they say he says that she there she's already sharing a blanket, so like don't even think about it. So and then that's like, oh, the part that really yeah. yeah. Right. But then later when when they revealed that Andor is a is for hire. They turn to Cinta and Cinta goes, she didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's bad news for the fact that the two of them are on a team together in this mission. So yep. if Cinta is in the promotional materials, that leads me to think that Vel's going to die. Mm-hmm. That's true. And either one, any, any couple where one of them is dying in the other's arms, you know. I mean, they'll be hard. lucky in this, in this show if they die in, in each other's arms because... Yeah they most likely just get blown up or left behind. Uh, okay, in the promotional poster, I only see Vel and Cinta. Mm. Oh, uh, so Vel's there too? Yeah, promotional material, I in the big old poster, we see who's the blonde Imperial 
officer. Deidre. Uh, Deidre. Deidre. We see Mon Mothma. We see Cyril. Cyril. Uh, we see Vel. We see um, Bix. Bix. Mm-hmm. Is her name? Uh, we see uh, uh, Skarsgård. What's whatever his name is? Luthen. 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 We see Luthen's assistant and Saw Guerrera. It doesn't mean this is a fully expansive list of characters because like oh they're in the they're in like the floating head poster with the big big Cassian and then everyone's yeah. little yeah okay. so I'm looking at another poster that's a different poster it has the same characters hmm. so it just I mean chances are they they all die. It would be weird though that all the guys die on this mission except oh no. There's two groups. Mm-hmm. Andor is going to be the only person who lives in his group. Cinta and Vel are a different group. Mm-hmm. That could be it. That's how they die. Or that's why the split happens that way. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Am I'm I- very interested. I'm very interested to know what Vel and Cinta's like role is because I feel like they gave us a pretty good insight as to what like Andor is going to be doing. Yeah. So I'm very curious to know like what their role is going to be in all this. Yeah. Um, Duck Dodgers is out there. Uh, and so is Mr. Plow on live stream. Uh, Duck Dodgers says TV show with characters that people enjoyed to a movie where they all died. That's Serenity and Firefly. Oh, yeah. That is kind Did of. Did everyone die? Did they all die in Firefly? Uh, didn't wasn't it just wash uh, wash guys yeah you're right i mean that's enough (laughs) yeah um and mr plow says wow we're doing a deadpool let's play some bets uh let's play some bets so uh yeah i mean what were you saying we don't know the roles of them two like yeah i don't know what their group is gonna do the other guys are doing the heist what are those two doing I know. I'm like, I, I was really trying to like try to, I was trying to find any context clues for what they were going to be up to. And they're really just leaving it for a surprise, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were a lot of plot lines in this episode, right? There mm-hmm. were, there's Mon Mothma's plot. There's a quick thing with Luthen. There's Deidre. There's by the way, is it Zyril? Cyril? I think it's Cyril. Cyril. That's how his mom pronounces it. Uh-huh. S- like uh, Cyril. There's Cyril. There's Andor in the group. Mm-hmm. And then there's that random other Imperial officer guy. Who was like, Oh, oh, on Phoenix? On yeah, he's like oh, Phoenix. Wa- what is it? Do you want this to be your headquarters? And he's mm-hmm. like, or whatever. What do you think of this place? For a hotel? I think that's what, like, whatever, there's that guy. I don't know. Mm. That's one, that was the guy who told Cyril, like, they were all fired. I think it was that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's something going on with him. I don't know his name. Kira, did you notice all the plot lines? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Um, It gave me, like, I know we were talking about Game Game of Thrones before this. That's probably why it's on my mind, but. It's giving me like Game of Thrones-esque with all the different like characters having their own storylines. And I know obviously at some point we're gonna probably find them all connecting. Um, but I do find it interesting to see this many plot lines. So I feel like we've seen like, you know, Mandalorian and Boba Fett 
plot lines together in the shows, but I feel like Star Wars hasn't really gone this far yet and like branched down this many directions. So I think it's really interesting to see like their take on this, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's funny when you bring up Mandalorian and stuff, because Star Wars, t- Star Wars TV is going through the same kind of thing as Marvel TV is, where mm-hmm. it's like, what structure makes it TV? And a lot of people have been operating on like, it's an episodic feel. Mandalorian is an episodic feel. That's what makes it more TV. But I argue that it's what She-Hulk is doing right now and what Andor is doing right now, where it's multiple plot lines. It's A, B, C plots. They weave in and out. That's TV. Movies don't do that. Movies have one through plot. Maybe there's a thing here and there where they cut away from that character and then they come back. So like Rogue One really was Jin. And like Krennic had his side plot until he comes back in. He like like curves around, right? Yeah. But it's not the episodic nature, I don't think. Because TV could be episodic. Sometimes it's not, right? Self-contained episodes or a connecting through line. TV does both. But what TV does really well that movies cannot do is multiple plots. I think that's why I wasn't, I, I was thinking that the heist would be this episode, but once I got further into the episode, I wasn't disappointed that it didn't happen because there's so many plot lines. So obviously the Cassian and, and the Rebels plot line, we are taking like four steps forward with that, right? They're making big moves, yeah. but then we still have to move Deidre up a little bit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we still have to move Mon Mothma up a little bit. Like, we have our our big one that's taking the big steps and then we still have to go to the other guys so i wasn't disappointed that we didn't see the heist because they're making progress in in the other plot lines too which i like i've realized that i'm i'm most satiated by like these tv shows that have multiple plot lines like as opposed to one through line you know i don't know i just feel then you should watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's that's not why I don't watch Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones <laughs> is over, so I don't want to watch Game of Thrones. And everybody complained about the final season. That's true, but I've heard if you don't devote 10 years of your life to it, the ending is less oh, disappointing. Okay. But I devoted every Sunday for 10 years. Is it easier so for me to just watch House of Dragons? Start that. Yeah, you don't. I don't think you need to have any background uh, in Game of Thrones to watch House of the Dragon. Yeah, which is Um, what I say about Andor. You don't don't, don't need to watch Game of Thrones to watch Andor. It's weird. I want to start a podcast with my dad talking through the episodes of House of Dragon. Yeah, because he couldn't tell the characters apart in Game of Thrones. Like every white British dude with a beard was the same to him, (laughs) and now it's all just like just white hair, and they all have the weirdest names. It's Rhaenyra and Renice, and like they all, it's, I, I definitely want to like do a series with him where he tries to explain what happens in each episode. Right. Because <laughs> well, it's hard because all the characters, I feel like, not all of them obviously, but most of the characters are either like R's or A's. And I feel like I'm constantly like, wait, who are they referring to? Like, I can't keep up with all of like the similar names. The names I would say in Andor though are as weird. Except like, oh, for I- sure. It's certain times I'm like, I don't, except for Tim. Except the names at (laughs) least like feel like, I feel like it's fun learning Star Wars names because it can Mm. come up in conversation later. But Game of Thrones is just Game of Thrones. It's not like a huge thing like Star Wars, you know? Maybe that's my personal bias because I like Star Wars. But Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Speaking of weird names, I would love a why Clem. Like, what made Cassian be like, yeah, I'll go by Clem. So Clem is his father, his father, adopted father's name. Oh, I missed that. So, yeah, I missed it, too, until somebody else brought it up. And then I looked on IMDb. Okay. Clem, Clem is the guy who's with, um, what's his mother's name in the first episode? The one uh, who finds him. There's Marva. Two, Marva. So Clem and Marva are the ones who found him and raised him. Though See, he, he goes he to hasn't a youth been center. He goes to a juvenile detention center, I think. They talk mm-hmm. about it in this episode. He spends three years there or six years, three years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years, 13 to 16. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there, but that's something. But Clem is actually Clem. Andor's not even his last name. No, it's it's Andor. Duh. Cassian, Cassian, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. <laughs> Um, no, but Andor is Clem's last name. His adopted okay. father. I think it's because I focused so much on the the adoptive mother because yeah. obviously we saw more of her. So I'm yeah. interested to know if they're gonna show more of like the Clem, father. Clem Senior. Yeah, especially where he's like using that name. I yeah. feel like we have to know more and like why, because obviously there's gonna be some attachment there if Cassie. It's like that's the name I'm going to choose to go by. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is just a side thing that I just wanted to comment on from my own personal experience is that science fiction tends to do a thing where they only have like one person of color, and they then you just say you can you can then just say oh yeah it's that one black guy in Game of Thrones or whatever you know science fiction fantasy they tend to do that they're like you know and then. That so then the audience doesn't get confused, and in this in this show we have multiple characters of color, but now we got to learn the Star Wars names for them. So then it's like okay, we got to do it to keep everyone apart. Great, awesome, great job, progression. But also I got to learn these Star Wars names. Um, but I I really do like Andor and the fact that like they're diversifying tone, they're diversifying characters, diversifying motivations. Um, that's been really like refreshing. Also, the bad guys aren't like bad. They're they're not evil. They're bad. They support this system of oppression. But like, it's more of a lesson to like be like, yeah, your neighbors could be Nazis too. Like, that's kind of they don't all. They're not every evil person or bad person is Voldemort. They're the people who support Voldemort that are also bad. You know, they're not all Lucius mm-hmm. Malfoy. This is all Harry Potter. <laughs> we're, we're all over the place, but you know what I mean. Uh, which I think is shown in Andor, but it's not shown so much in other Star Wars material. Um, I I really like all of the moments with Nemec, R.I.P. Uh, next episode. Um, <laughs> you're already calling it. Yeah, sure. R.I.P. I gotta just acclimate myself to it. Yeah. Did he also say like, "I'll tell you later"? Yeah. I'll see. Yeah. I'll see you on it. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Something okay. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll discuss it later. Like, yeah. Okay. You're all gonna die. Um, <laughs> the whole uh, the ep- title of the episode: "The Axe Forgets, But the Tree Remembers." Yeah. Um, I tried to look that up. I what I got was like it's an African proverb. Like no, but it's like a it's like a thing. yeah. I've heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the surprise from above is never as shocking as one from below is another thing that Nemec said that I was like, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then when they're talking about Lieutenant Gorn, they said that he fell in love with a local girl and then some tragedy happened. And then I think what 
Vel says is something along the lines of like, everyone has their own rebellion. Yes. And I was like, all of these are bangers. Like, this is all like, these are all amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, the very first time we talked about this show and I was talking about like literally crying as I was watching Luthen talk about like the spark of the rebellion and hearing Nemec talk about all this stuff and kind of detailing the oppression and this idea that like, if it's just unrelenting, if it's like unrelenting small things, it's not as impressive. And it's like, yeah, there's going to be a big thing, which is going to be that Alderaan's going to, you know, get blown up or whatever, right. you know? So watching all of this get from like a true believer in the cause was very, very fulfilling for me. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I like, I, I do. And, and it's taken me getting older to appreciate the little politics that were in episodes one to three i used to not like the politics in episodes one two and three but like it took me getting older to do that and then now they're going even more into depth like what's his name nemec mm-hmm. nemec has like a full like communist manifesto going on <laughs> that he's like that he's like talking about like anti-establishment stuff and just like oppressive regimes and whatnot and it's like yeah go go you dude like I appreciate that. I don't know. It's weird. It's it think, is Star Wars, a, but it's not Star Wars. I think it's a good call to kind of like, I guess, sort of the era it's in because obviously, like you said, episodes one through three are do have a heavy political focus, and obviously, this kind of this show is taking place kind of between the prequels and um, the OGs. Uh, so I think it's definitely kind of a callback to the prequels being political, so to say. Yeah. Well, because like science fiction, historically, like in our, in our, you know, media, science fiction, like has an emperor of sorts as a big bad villain, right? Flash Gordon had, um, I forget, there was an emperor, like a big bad guy. Um, And I think John Carter of Mars has that. And like, there's always some big bad guy that has a legion of something, right? An army, a legion of ninjas, something of uh, some sort. Um, but like, we never think to ourselves, like, why are they backing him up? How did he get all these people? How did he create a government, you know, like of some sort? Which sounds really boring, but you can tell really interesting stories like with Andor, you know? The emperor in four, five, and six is just the emperor. Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of bland. Vader is the more interesting. But the Emperor is just, like, pure evil Emperor. It is what it is. Sarah, were you going to say something? Or? I have a thing I want to talk about, but I don't know if now is the right time. But <laughs> I, Speaking of spooky shadow organizations, I want to talk about, and maybe you guys, I don't know if you guys are more versed in star wars lore than me and can can help out um the tattoos that skeen has right so he has the barcode one okay and he says he's a crate head or something or or crate head which i'm like okay that's obviously maybe like a prison thing or or it's crate head but if it wasn't for the subtitles i thought it i would have heard great head right <laughs> am i i could be wrong on this was Crate the planet in I'm yes, the second yes. pre uh, sequel uh, movie. Last yes, uh, but, Last Jedi. But there's yes. two crates. Yeah. 
Oh. This is like the crate dragon. K-R-A-Y-T. Yes. Not C-R-A-I-T. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to look this up so we can at least have the... Uh... Um, but then he says b- that he has that other tattoo and he says, by the hand. By the hand, yeah. Um, which the hand of the emperor or emperor's hand is a right. thing in Legends? Which uh, Mara Jade. With Mara Jade. But they Ooh. also brought it up in Rebels with Thrawn with a th- as, as a connection to Thrawn, which I think is more likely because then Dave Filoni, I was reading articles about it, and Dave Filoni, back when they introduced it in, in Rebels, was like, it is, don't think too much about it. It's not a Mara Jade thing. I'm not bringing Mara Jade into canon. Right. And then yesterday I saw an article that was like, is Andor bringing Mara Jade into canon? And I was like, oh, we've been here before with Rebels. Um, Dare- but of course, then it was the hand. And then I thought Daredevil and, <laughs> and Marvel. And I was like, oh, my brain is, yeah. it has too many things called the hand. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm looking it up and like, but this is speculation and it doesn't make any sense because I kind of think this article that I'm reading right now loses credibility. But basically they say like by the hand could be a connection to hand of Thrawn, an offshoot of the empire charged with fending off extra galactic threats. But then it also says in the article, Andor also says they built a lot of cages, which implies there's something fishy going on with the hand of Thrawn that involves being in cages. No, they built a lot of cages to like the oppressive regime. I thought that was like a metaphor. I mean, even literal, they built a lot of cages. They have, there's a lot of different, in my head, Skeen has been to prison. Those are prison taps. That's why they're talking about prison. They built a lot of cages because no matter whether it's a juvenile youth detention center that that Andrew was on uh, or, you know, wherever Skeen was, there there are so many prisons around this empire for different reasons and different people. They built a lot of cages. That's what I get. So... I read a very dumb article that was like, is probably by the hand because he like did a lot of manual labor. And I was like, I don't think that's it. I, I don't think, think there's, there's a, a little uni- bit more deeper. I don't that. think there's a universally acknowledged tattoo for I did manual labor in prison. Like, what uh, are you talking about? I think, I, I think it's prison gangs and, and prison tats and that sort of thing. I'm interested to see if, if that was kind of a toss away or if we're going to find out more about that like dirty kind of deeds of of the empire i'm i'm very interested i did a lot of of googling because i was like i remember it from rebels but Uh there's a lot of there's a lot of little you know rebels connections which i appreciate um but that also ties into future star wars projects with the ahsoka show being so rebels based so i feel like if they're gonna make a reference to something it's gonna probably be Thrawny and less more Thrawny and less Marjade. Unfortunately, it's so Thrawny. weird. Like people, people mention hand, and suddenly people are like, all they gotta do is mention hand, and they're like, Emperor's hand, Emperor's hand. And it's like, I mean, these characters have hands. There could be other things associated with a hand. Like, but when he says, it, I think it's because my subtitles were on, and by the hand is is capitalized. It's like the way May the Force be with you right. is capitalized. Right. Hand is capitalized like force. I'm, right. I'm wondering if this is a, you know, just an Easter egg that I should not be looking into. It has WandaVision taught me nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's fun for me because it's it's this is my 
this is my Star Wars era. These are the the times that I like. So when yeah. I hear stuff that I'm like, oh, that rang a bell, I get excited. Uh, something that somebody said was that like Cassian had previously said he was forced to fight for the Empire. So maybe they're both, that's that's a sign of conscripted service. Yeah. Okay, fair. But it doesn't have to be Mara Jade related or Thrawn related, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but also, oh, well, well, let's try to let's try to break this down. He didn't want his tattoos being shown to the other people, right? He said the other people don't know. They haven't seen those tattoos. So it I has to be something meant, negative. I think he meant they don't know what they mean. Like mm. you understand what it means by looking at it, but they don't get what it means when they see it. Okay. Like they've That's, seen that okay. was my that yeah, was my takeaway from it that they they see it like oh you like it was a kind of like an unspoken thing of him acknowledging that Cassia has been through the same kind of thing because he knows what his tattoos mean yeah uh that makes sense because I guess they would have had to be shirtless at some point in their like eight months of camping or whatever they said <laughs> he's a never nude Skeen is a never nude <laughs> <laughs> and ever yeah Everyone that gets a chest tattoo is going to walk around shirtless all the time to show it off. Um, I mean, that's real life. Although it's a prison tattoo, so it's not. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, is it that the negative part is that he's been to prison, which is not good, or worse, he's worked for the Empire? Well, I wouldn't say, part of me wants to say that people who have, like, the rebellion mindset don't necessarily see, like, going to prison under the empire's regime is bad because they could have done something really good uh like in against the empire and that's how they end up in prison so i i can't see that that would be like off-putting that he's been in prison but that's true i guess that's true yeah it might be a conscripted service sort of thing yeah i think it's more the i mean for me i think it's more the connection that cassian knows what that specific thing means because he's been in the same situation right but i i love when they kind of make up at the end and he gives him the like that's the that's as close to an apology as you're gonna get i was like this mm-hmm. is this is peak sibling energy um and i like it it's sad it we we don't think of almost the indirect influences like the indirect deaths that happen because of the empire right uh, Kira, did you, has this show been like expanding your brain of like thinking what Star Wars is and like what it could be? I definitely do. Like, I mean, I know the Mandalorian and Boba Fett have done this too, but yeah. I feel like the movies obviously heavily focus on Jedi and lightsabers. Yeah. And that aspect of Star Wars. Whereas with these TV shows, I guess we're getting a look at, I guess the so-called like ordinary people in the Star Wars universe um that's why I think I love I liked Rogue One so much is because it felt like it was a story of like the little guys you know like the people who do a lot of hard work behind the scenes that you don't get to see um that supports kind of what the heroes do um so I think especially in this case of like building the rebellion that is obviously so famous from the original movies that obviously you know Luke Han Leia like are so much a part of I think it's interesting to see it being built and like who built it yeah yeah uh we're seeing a lot of Mon Mothma she's getting her own plot line in this 
have you been a fan of Mon Mothma? Do you not care about Mon Mothma? In all honesty, like I, I was like, oh, she's she's a she's a cool person. Like when I watched the originals, yeah. and I did find myself kind of wanting to know more, but I wasn't like insanely disappointed when you know we didn't get a whole lot in the right. original trilogy. But I think it's definitely I wasn't expecting like a whole separate plot line for her. So I think that it's very interesting that they chose to go that route and they're like giving her a storyline. Yeah. Something that I, I had mentioned last episode is that like, I always just thought of Mon Mothma as like the mascot of the rebellion. She's kind of, she was just kind of always there as a kid, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm not as, I, I don't think this necessarily have these thoughts when I'm, when I'm as an adult, but I was just like, who's, who's the girl in the dress with the boy's haircut? Like, you know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I just like, you know, she's a girl in a dress with with the uh, boy hair. Okay, I don't know who she is, but okay. Uh, I you just unlocked something, which is I think the reason I liked her so much in the original trilogy is my mom had that exact same haircut. Mm, yeah. So I think she was a very motherly figure. The little that we got of her, um, and I think maybe that's why I was so attached to her. Yeah. Wow, I'm really unpacking this. Uh, <laughs> she reminded me of my mom. The, the the most she stood out was like I think in some of the video games she like she's in some of the like the old old video games like not as a playable character but just like someone who tells you what to do or whatever mm-hmm. or like again a mascot of the rebellion um and then uh, I'm glad they're fleshing they're fleshing her out in this do we need the fleshed out thing of like a not a good marriage and a daughter that dislikes her I so this is why I like it I like that it's a slow burn for her. I like that we're going little baby steps with her because she's essentially living a double life, right? She's essentially a spy, but it has this kind of her daughter hates her because she's not involved and her husband just sucks. But with all the different plot lines, so you've got like the different types of storylines. If everyone's plot line was like, here's the empire, here's the rebels, but it's not. So we've got the rebels staging their heist. We've got the middle management Deidre stuff. We've got uh, Cyril eating cereal with his mom, which is the most pathetic thing I've ever uh, seen. We're going to call your uncle for a favor. Yeah. And I'm going to talk shit about you to your uncle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, and just being abused by his mom while he's also being a little shit. So, but like, okay, you get it from your mom. Um, There's that. And then the other, like, so the kind of aggressive family drama that's happening there. And then the quiet family drama that's happening with Mon Mothma. It's just like a delicious layer cake of different kinds of conflict. And I, I like I like that we have that type of conflict that we're seeing with Bon Mothma. This like personal, what is being sacrificed in her personal life for the all the other stuff she's doing for the rebellion. When the TIE fighter, we're so used to TIE fighters just going, boo, 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 right? Yeah. Well, first we have to get into our head that a TIE fighter versus humans on the ground is deadly. We think of TIE Fighters as just kind of like, yeah, they're not that big of a deal, right? Because like an X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, we've seen them. Boom, boom. TIE Fighter's gone. But then when the TIE Fighters are like making their rounds, we feel this like nerves. And then we expect them to shoot. I at least did. And then no, they're just going to be dicks. They're, they're, 
the equivalent of a cop car revving their engine or the opposite, slowing down and giving you the eye as they drive past you, right? Like, they're just fucking with you. The, the, so I literally, oh, oh go sorry, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, in that moment, like when he went by, I literally, the only thing that went through my head was, was that really necessary? Like, I was like, why it wasn't. did you feel the need? Yeah, no. And I'm just like, I think it's just further showing, like you said, they're just digs. <laughs> it's, it, it reminds me of, there's a scene in Batman year one where the cops can do whatever they want. And so Commissioner Gordon's new to Gotham and Detective Flass is showing him around. It's it's the same character in the comic and the and Batman begins who's who like takes the takes the money from the the falafel guy. And he's like, what they don't they don't like falafel? How am I gonna feed my kids? What they don't like falafel? Uh it's that kind of cop attitude. So it's that TIE fighter being like, you know, hey, you gotta uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you got a fruit cart and then like tip over the fruit cart and they're like, clean it up. Otherwise I'll write you another ticket. I'm out of here. I don't know. That's just the vibes I got from the TIE fighters. The, the like ominous nature of the TIE fighters where you can kind of hear them before you see them is yeah. fantastic. But yeah, then we have the scene of the guy on the, you know, they're all excited to see the eye, this natural thing that happens. Yeah. And then in the next breath, they're up there saying that the, indigenous people of this planet are stinky and like yeah. thank goodness there's only a hundred of them because like i bet you could smell it a thousand of them was it a thousand yeah. yeah i think he said there's like a hundred and he was like oh there used to be thousands like could you imagine oh. the smell and then that's a little sense like yeah i could and it's like dude you guys suck so bad but it's that kind of casual we're better than they are genuinely i'm, I'm assuming like almost like it's like racism racism you know? and just, genocide they were yeah, just like, yeah, that they're able to just kind of be like, oh man, like we're really excited to see the natural beauty of this planet, but also good thing we've killed off all the people who lived here. The natural beauty is for us, the empire, the empire. We can have a skeleton. Remember, they like they were like, oh, let's do a skeleton crew down here. Most of the people transfer here because they want to see that site. That site's for the empire. It's not for the not for the indigenous people. Mm. The natural beauty of Hawaii is for. America. That's some commentary for you. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, Mr. Plow says colonizer vibes. Yeah, you know. Um, I could I could start a whole another podcast uh, on some of this stuff. Um, what was I going to say? Do wait? Do we think Gorn fell in love with an indigenous girl here on Donnie? Yeah, honestly, I think that may have been his like turning point where maybe he turned on the empire and decided to become a become a spy sort of. Yeah, them. they said that, but I wasn't sure whether it was a different planet or this planet or whatever. But that context of like, can you imagine the smell? And he's like, yeah, because he was down there with them, maybe. And then they end up like killing him. Right. Well, because he said he had been there. What for? Was it seven years? Because he's seen two of them. He it's said every seven something- years, right? No, it's every three years. So I think oh. he said he's seen two of them because he's okay. been there. I could be wrong on the exact numbers, oh, but yeah. I think he's been there for like seven years. And I sort of got the vibes that like when they were talking about like how there used to be, he's like, can you imagine thousands of them? And the way Gorn responded being like, yeah, I can imagine that kind of made me feel like he was there and yeah. like maybe he celebrated either with them or like was down there. 
and I don't know, it definitely gave me like the inclination that he fell in love with a girl on that planet. Yeah. Yeah. I got that too. Um, I want to say what's up to first time chatter M Gabriel 619 uh, over there on Twitch uh, watching us. Uh, M Gabriel 619 says Andor is definitely the most different product we've been given from Star Wars so far. I can understand if some people watch this and don't like it. I personally think it's 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 amazing and it's it's scratching an itch I never thought I needed. Um, and as a fan of the expanded universe, you know, of Star Wars where you don't need the Jedi to make a Star Wars story. Like, I like that. We don't need them. But also the fact that, like, this show, if it wasn't Star Wars, it wouldn't be Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I was thinking to myself, like, my parents, they don't really, they've seen, like, one or two Star Wars. Or, like, one and a half, I think. And, like, could I get them to watch Andor? I think I could. If you're not a fan of Star Wars, I think you could still watch Andor. I think it's interesting that I I feel like the hype around this show is not in the general public because my brother uh, is a Star Wars fan. I mean, we grew up watching Star Wars together, but he's not obviously as uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm trying to I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at your I'm yeah. looking at your background, and I'm like, he's not, not like as, <laughs> as this as I am. Um, but he <laughs> but he watches it, and and he was like oh, you know, I haven't watched Andor yet. Like, should I? And I was like, did you like Rogue One? And he's like, I love Rogue One. And I was like, oh, then watch Andor. Like, without a doubt. Like, but even the people that are like, oh yeah, I liked Rogue One aren't, like, it might not be on their radar if they're not, you know, the people that are watching the Disney Plus shows, uh, you know, when they drop at midnight for every show. (laughs) So that, that idea of like, yeah, you would love it. Like, I think that's the general... You know, and everyone, you know, they push it on social media of like the best Star Wars show ever. And I'm like, I think they say that about every show when it first comes out. But yeah. this is definitely is definitely on track. It's its own thing. For me. Yeah. It's it's so unique and it's so like treading stuff that we haven't trod before. Yeah. Um, it's very exciting for me. S- someone pointed this out that I didn't notice at first. Um, not only do they not have Jedi and lightsabers, which I obviously knew that going in we haven't seen alien faces what alien faces have we seen there was a bunch on on ferrix a bunch or a couple like well i guess a couple of handfuls yeah that kind of like opening sequence where he's walking through those like alleyways i guess oh the the red light district yeah you see all like the the different um aliens i guess yeah. in like those bubbles, in the bubbles i don't even know what to call them the bubbles i mean it's a, it's brothel it, it's like a uh it's red light stuff right like it's like the the naked girls in the windows mm-hmm. of san francisco i don't know where the where it is in real life but the point being is like in real life there are things like that right so that's if you want to you want to get with a you want to get with a, a rodian i don't know you know um, it's a very different frame of reference because for me on kids playgrounds they have those a lot of times where right. it's like an acrylic like dome and then kids uh-huh. can like stick their face in it and that's where my i mean i know it's supposed to be a red light district, it's supposed to be a red light district okay yes it's not ju- <laughs> it's not just me right they're like no it's a playground for kids whoa yeah. <laughs> I... how dare you my, yeah by the way somebody said something earlier uh i, I think it was sarah 
where, because I keep talking about media literacy and not very many people have that like level of media literacy, but you also need imagination with your media literacy. Because you you said, Sarah, that somebody said something that was so like mundane that I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. It just seems like the, the media literacy is there, but the imagination of like what this story could be. Oh, the idea that his his tattoo of for the hand just means that he built a lot of things with yes. his hands. Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like there's a middle ground here. You got to have imagination and media literacy to yeah. understand. I mean, I can understand getting a tattoo for a dumb reason. I mean, I have a tattoo of pumpkin pie because I like pumpkin pie, but I don't, I, I don't think that that's, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I don't think he was scrolling his intergalactic Instagram feed and went, that's a cute one. Yeah. <laughs> I like to build things with my hands. Think about pumpkin pie. We got blue milk cereal. Just, just wanted to throw that Yeah. And, and the, like, it seemed to be some kind of a fruity pebble fruit. fruit yeah. Uh, just delightful. We also got regular milk. <laughs> we got dre milk is what they called it. Dre, which would have been whatever animal they had on the camp. Those are uh, uh, Jacob's Jacob sheep. They weren't actual right? sheep, though. Are you talking about the the ones? The rabbit camp? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. those are Jacob's sheep. They have four horns. What are Jacob's sheep? They're sheep with four horns. In real life? Yep. Yeah, they're real. Oh, I didn't what? know that. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Me just oh, thinking yeah. it's another Star Wars. Yeah, invention. it's uh, <laughs> either Jacob's Rams or Jacob's Sheep. But yeah, they have they have horns coming this way and then one's kind of going out below. What are they? They're absolutely incredible. I, I, do they modify them for the show? No. I kid you not, when I was watching that scene, I literally had a thought of like, oh, I wonder how, you know, the rams or the sheep are so well behaved that they put an extra set of horns on them. Like, I yeah. literally, I feel so stupid now for thinking that because I no, never that, even thought that's that they not, were. It's not general knowledge. I only know it because I, in my weird interests, I am interested in skulls and taxidermy and I do like embroidery with skulls and stuff. And so the place that I buy skulls from occasionally they do have Jacob's Ram skulls and I've been like eyeing one for like that that'll be a big like 35th birthday present or something for myself buy myself on those skulls uh Mr. Plow says I thought that too like oh great prosthetics for animals yeah (laughs) I'm glad I wasn't the only one to think that (laughs) yeah I think they're they're native to like I I think they're from England and they're yeah but if you look up Jacob's Rams or Jacob's Sheep yeah, that's they genuinely have four horns like that, and they'll have two that are a little bit straighter and two that'll that are like a little twirly. Mm. They're very cool looking. I want to see. I don't know if any myth, like any fantasy thing, is done like a minotaur, but with that. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, they're very. I mean, they are a little demonic looking. Yeah, and I think that that helps with the kind of making them look alien. But yeah. yeah. They're, uh mr plow says it's gritty not only because it's violent but also because of the stakes and desperation desperation i think is a big big uh key thing in this show as well as the drama is what makes it a strong case for why the rebellion happens or why rebellions happen in general i think is what mr plow was saying and the kind of like how you can tell it's like just the beginning and the budding like bit of the rebellion when Cassian is kind of being a dick about it but you know I'll forgive him when they're talking about the weight thing and how can you tell how much it weighs and he's like you guys don't even you don't even know where the weight is he's like really kind of getting on them about it like yeah have you been there do you know if it's on the tracks like have we even verified any of this do you know and you know he's kind of 
shocked that they don't know this thing that he thinks like he I feel like he thinks he's walking into something that's more organized than it is and they're Mm. like no man like we just we're doing what we can and then we see Luthen at the end being genuinely like really worried about if this is going to work like they put on this thing you know we think of the rebellion as like you know scrappy but organized and knows what they're doing but they're just like man I really hope this works like this you know hoping for the best doing what we can type thing well I think his like that last I don't know if it was the last line or one of the last lines where uh Luthen kind of or the girl I always I forget her name yeah she says to him something like it'll all be over by like this time tomorrow and Luthen kind of says like it'll it'll just be starting or something like that where it's like it ties in with that where you think you know this could be something where it's like a one-off where it's just like oh you know they'll do it it'll be done it's fine but then when you kind of see in context it's like this could be you know the first kind of big strike against the empire and it really could be and it obviously in in the context of what we know it probably is like the start of this whole bigger rebellion and like taking down the empire yeah and cassian has that line where he says they're like what are you here for and he says i'm here to win and walk away I was like, oh, buddy. That, <laughs> Yo, you're in it for the long run. <laughs> no, but I think that that makes a difference. I think Skeen is in it just as a way to die for his brother. But rebellions aren't built on that. You have to think towards the future, hope. right? Rebellion, yes. <laughs> Thank you, yes, exactly. One of my favorite quotes. People made fun of it. Why is it oh, so, so cheesy? Good. I like it. Because rebellions are built on like hope for the future. Things will get better, not just some way to get revenge that you die during, right? Win and walk away. And maybe in an Andor's case, you win, you walk away, you win, you walk away, you win, you walk away until maybe you win and don't walk away. Maybe you don't win. I don't know. Which on 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 Scarif, he wins. He does not walk away. Mm. I that scene makes me cry every time all the time I know I know I'm like I, I definitely am that person too where if I rewatch it sometimes I'll be like oh they're hugging on the beach click done that's how it ends like I'll just pretend and you know hope that they actually had their happy ending well on Jeddah he the uh the the ship comes in and then they get out right at the nick of time and in this you know in, in on Scarif there's there's not enough yeah because on scarif isn't there there's like a force field around the planet that's closed they get rid of the force field i was gonna say they had to take that down. that's how they that's how they send it yeah that's how they they send it out um but uh this show is deep to the point where like when them what's his name nemec when Nemec is talking about his like beliefs, I wanted to just kind of rewind it and listen to it again. I didn't get to do that, but like I could listen to that. I, I there's a thought that goes behind this show and, and what they're writing, and it just all makes sense. Uh, Mr. Plow says, "Yeah, the civil rights movement has a quote about things may not happen within one or two generations, but for generations after." Uh, yeah, because you're building towards a better future. You're not just trying to do one thing, you know. Um, Mr. Paul also brought up an interesting point. Inner the inner rim seems to have more humanoids. Um, 
Coruscant being the capital of the galaxy, right? And like Coruscant, I believe, is in the inner rim, and then the Empire stronghold, and there is it's built from the inside outwards. That's why the Hut cartels have the outer rim. You know, it's the area where the Empire is like, we don't have to go there and impose Empire. The Huts will deal with order, and we're fine. As long as you know we can come in and catch some rebels every so often, um, yeah, I'm loving the show. I'm I'm legitimately sad every time the episode ends because I need another episode. And whereas like Mandalorian, amazing, I love Mandalorian. I was just like, I will watch it a week from now. It's fine. I'll get I'll I'll watch it a week from now. That's fine. But in this show, I'm like, I don't. I need it. Well, especially this episode yeah where it's like you know the heist is coming and it's like can I please just see that like I need to see what happens like it's such a I hate to say like quietness in comparison to like Mandalorian where I feel like Mandalorian's very explosions and you know blaster shots and you know I mean not all the time but I feel like with Andor it's it's a lot more quiet but something about that like quiet um I don't know, quiet tension, I guess, is like so intriguing to me because I feel like that, you know, Star Wars doesn't always do the quiet tension. No, that's how you know there's a character. It's a character moment. It's not a plot related moment because plots aren't quiet, right? Unless, I mm-hmm. guess, unless, I don't know, whatever. Sometimes yeah, it's- this, the- I'll, I'll be interested to see how next week plays out because this does feel very much- like I could see people saying this episode is like slow and I'm like, eh, I, I mean, it, it was moving at the pace it was moving at and I'm okay with it, but it very, it very much feels like a calm before the storm type thing. Mm, yeah. Like, especially with the rebel group, like enjoy your moments with these guys, like, cause you maybe won't get many more, you know, that's <laughs> how I'm viewing it of like, I'm enjoying the time that I'm getting with them. Cause I don't know how much time I'm going to get with them. And I also think like with Mando as in uh, I'm number one Mandalorian fan, um, but it's like, it is a, it is a very much like adventure of the week, like a case of the week type thing where you're yeah. like, I'm excited to see what shenanigans they get up to next week. Whereas this is much more um, like the stakes are so high that I'm uh, you know, I'm so concerned for what's going to happen next. And yeah, I do feel that tension, you know, sitting down on the couch at 1150 being like, oh man what's gonna happen yeah what is what does cassian say in this that every everything before a mission is something what does he say he says something yeah he says the day before the mission because when he admits that he's being paid he's like it's the day before the mission like all you have to do is worry you just have time to worry like we were always going to fight about something Mm -hmm. the day before the mission because that's all it's all you have to do all you have to sit and freak out and kind of worry that's not his exact quote but yeah (laughs) just what he says so i i mean this episode is the day before the mission i feel like it is as an episode whatever big is coming will happen next episode do we feel like the heist is the big part of this 12 episode season because this is episode five right is the heist halfway through the season six and then we're gonna get another six episodes to another big thing I feel like there's got to be. I feel like how can you have the big thing 
halfway through. Like, how do you? They're not going to draw it out, though, that? right? You don't think the heist is in the twelfth episode, no. right? I can't. I can't see how. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't fathom like six more episodes of like preparation. <laughs> No, yeah. I think the heist is either going to last one. I think it's going to be over next episode or it'll kind of bleed in because we have mm. to see it. Something has to happen for Cassian to not walk away, right? So he either has to be bought over or radicalized in some way to want to join the cause more. And that's going to bring him to Sagrera or, you know, something's going to happen that he can't leave. He doesn't have anywhere else to go. So I think it's like the first, I think it's the first hill. Like it'll be, you know, kind of like an act, an act one finale almost, or like an act yeah. two finale. Cause I feel like act one was him going with Luthen mm, and doing yeah. that whole thing. And then this is going to be the next kind of set piece thing. And then we're going to go into the, like where the rebellion is just starting to get organized, you know, and just starting to, really kind of come together yeah um yeah i'm trying to think of like what could happen with everything uh did they mention saw in this episode or no uh i don't i think they name dropped him maybe blowing up uh, yeah i think someone said his name because i'm thinking of the person on TikTok who does Saw Guerrero watch, where they just recap every episode on whether or not Saw Guerrero was in it. <laughs> I, I I can't tell. I can't remember whether I'm reading this or or I remember from the episode. Did they say that Saw Guerrero mm. blows up people, whether they're whether they're Empire or not? Maybe I read it. But the point being is that like Saw Guerrero is not the rebellion. Like he's one aspect that sparks the rebellion, but he is nutso, right? Mm. He's way more less about the future. Again, what we're talking about, he's less about the future and hope. Saw's not about hope. No. Saw's just about let's get them back, right? Yeah. Until maybe his final moments when he lets Jin, like he Jin and them escape. Maybe he sees hope at that point. Maybe we can dissect Rogue One a little bit better now that we have Andor. I think that's always the hope, right? When you have a show that builds on a movie. You just like saying I hope, think... Kira. Maybe that's, maybe that's the hope. Maybe maybe that's the hope. Maybe critical well, no, analysis just... is built off of hope. Well, I just think, like, look at the clone, what the Clone Wars series did for the prequels. Yeah. You know, so I think there's always more to show. And I think the TV shows just help, like, you kind of see the movies, I guess, like in a different light sometimes. Yeah. When done right, right? Yeah. Uh, Peacemaker kind of did that with the Suicide Squad a little bit. You know, makes us understand Peacemaker a little bit more. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've not. Oh, if you like the Suicide Squad, which I do, I love the Suicide Squad. Uh, Peacemaker is a really good show. It's worth I've watching. Heard, I've heard good things about it, but I think it's on HBO Max, right? Yeah. I did not have HBO Max when it came out, so I didn't watch it while it came out, and then I got it for... What did I get HBO Max? Oh, Our Flag Means Death. Oh, and well, good. Good choice there. Yeah. Game of Thrones. So it's like, now that it's there, I might, I might watch it. You should, you should watch it. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's one of DC's top three shows, I think. 
you know. Um, well, top three live action shows. Harley Quinn's also good. Anyway, uh, what what do we think is going to happen as we close up this episode of the after show? Uh, uh, Andor isn't over. This is episode five of of, of Andor. We still got uh, seven more episodes in this season alone, and then twelve episodes in season two. So, where do we think this season is going? I. I feel like this show I'm having a harder time like it it doesn't follow which isn't a bad thing uh it doesn't follow the usual I guess like Star Wars Big Bad Moff Gideon yeah yeah so it's like it's very hard to predict what's coming next and I I do like that about it because I feel like it keeps me on my toes yeah because it can go anywhere (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that big picture, I think that whatever happens in this heist is going to bring to, and this is just uh, my gut feeling is that it's going to bring together Deidre and, uh, and Cyril. Yeah. She's going to sniff it out because she's noticing a pattern and they have that great, like it's too random to be random thing and I was like ah you're listening to true crime podcasts um and then so she's already on edge and then Cyril has the whole thing with Cassie and I think that they're both going to kind of put it together maybe and going to come together on that point and I think they are going to be just an unstoppable team of faces I'd like to punch (laughs) and I can't wait is Deidre heading to Donnie the planet is she heading there didn't we see an Imperial shuttle head? That's they were like, who's on that Imperial shuttle? Did they say something about a senator coming, or am I remembering wrong? They did, yeah. When he when Lieutenant Gorn is underneath, he mentions Ooh. that, like, okay, but clean that a day, like a day, you know, tomorrow, the next day, you know. So I I I don't know if it was Deidre. I feel like it was whatever senator. I don't even I I don't even know what senator it would be coming. Um, but it seems like that the shuttle was carrying the senator that they were talking about. Okay. At least that's my best guess. Who knows? It could be Deidre could just walk off the ship next episode and I'll be like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. 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 Um, this show is wild. I, uh, I gotta watch it again. I watched it again earlier today when I put it on the background. But like, huh? There's a lot. There's a lot in this in this show. Kira, did you say what you what you thought would happen? I like you, I said. I, you I can't tell. Very, like I, said, I think that's what I like about it is I really don't know what direction they're gonna pull it. Like clearly, Saul Guerrero is gonna come into it at some point, and he's a very unpredictable character. Sometimes I feel so that even adds more like second guessing like oh I really really don't know like what could be coming next um I think I think the idea that um cereal I'm not cereal we should call him him cereal from now on well yeah (laughs) I'm like I said it and I was like immediately like "Mm, that's probably not right um but him and Deidre teaming up I could totally see that because I think they both have their own information i guess and i think 
if they work together, they'll kind of start connecting some dots. They also have a lot to prove, right? Exactly. Like they're both, you know, desperate to move up. That's I'm, a good I'm point interested, too. I'm interested if we're going to see in this season or if it'll be until next season, Mon Mothma's like spot getting blown up, you know, like her whole thing kind of crumbling. It has I mean, to happen I, at some I, point. It has to. Ha- I mean, that's why she's here, so we can kind of see that happen. That's gonna I'm, be crazy. Yeah, I'm. Mm. I, I'm eagerly awaiting that, like in a terrible way, where it's like it's gonna be rough. But I'm. They're building it so well. Just excited. It's it's I'm the op- for all the problems. It's the opposite of the departed, because Matt Damon's the bad guy undercover for for Jack Nicholson's character in the, the Departed. Have you have you guys seen the Departed? Yeah. All right. We'll do a departed after show. There's Kira, also a Kira, you'll be invited. You gotta watch okay, it. Adele, get me to watch it. I'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> In House of the Dragon, there's also a very prominent rat. And every time I see the rat, I'm like, oh, and I just like the that uh yeah. What but like Mon Mothma is the rat. Yeah. Even though she is good, she's still the rat, right? She's the spy. At some point, it's going to get, like, the, sh- the shit's going to hit the fan, right? Yeah. I almost wonder if her husband's going to have something to do with it, because it seems like oh, they're very yeah. at odds. He would. Politically-wise. He would. So I feel like he he would be the snake that's like, oh, I'm going to snitch on my wife. Then I, I, like I said, I hope he gets the Mace Windu treatment. Mm. Sorry, the Mace Window treatment. <laughs> I don't like that guy. Yeah. I don't like that guy. Um, no, do we know when Mon like... Mothma gets found out? Do we know when she leaves the Senate? As far as I know, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna I, say, I don't think I, I know. know. She's in Rebels, but I think she's still a senator in Rebels. Okay, so she's still undercover or a spy, I mean. But like, we don't know at what point does she just move to Yavin? If at all, she can't still be a senator throughout. They dissolved the Senate in A New Hope. Right. So we don't know. Mm. So that's interesting. It could happen at any moment. We don't even, we don't know if it happens now. We don't know if it happens later. I'm telling you, the show is so unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Plow says she appears in the aftermath books. The aftermath of Yavin or uh, uh, of episode six though return of the jedi that's aftermath right not aftermath of the prequels so at some point you know um there's a lot there's a lot to this show i'm very excited to see where it goes but um if anyone has any closing thoughts before we get going no all right there's a lot there's a lot with this show and i'm glad uh First thing, I'm not only glad to be watching it, I'm glad to be talking about it with you two. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, Sarah, for being my co-host and Kira for being the guest. Uh, you know, you're you're three hours ahead, right? Yeah, it is currently 2.24 a.m. And gearing up for, for, for New York Comic Con. So thank you so much for taking yep. time out of your night and your morning uh, to be here. <laughs> um Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, have, Kira, have fun at New York Comic Con. Yeah, have fun. Thank you. Um, Kira, where can we find you online for those of us uh, who are listening to the podcast, you know, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, where can they find you? I am on Instagram and TikTok at Kira Elizabeth with two H's. 
K-I-E-R-A-E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-H. Yep. Fifth grade spelling bee champion. Um, <laughs> um, Is that true? Yeah, fifth grade district <laughs> district spelling bee champion. Yeah. Um, thank you, Kira, so much uh, for coming on. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for being an awesome co-host. Sarah, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram uh, and TikTok at Ms underscore Marauder. Uh, a lot of cosplay, Halloween, and uh, anime conventions coming up. So yeah, Halloween's coming up, and I'm I'm mulling over some ideas. Uh, I hope I get invited to parties. We will see. Um, for anyone out there who is watching, you are watching us on Twitch or YouTube, twitch.com, or twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show, or youtube.com slash The Keeg Show. Uh, if you are listening to us, you're listening to our podcast, that is wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Uh, if you're on social media, you can find us on Instagram or TikTok at The Keeg Show. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at The Keeg Show. Pretty much everywhere at The Keeg Show or slash The Keeg Show. We are all over the place. We got the and or after show every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and then we have the She-Hulk after show that we're going to start in like an hour or hour and a half because She-Hulk drops. And then we're going to have a She-Hulk after show tonight as well. That's early morning on Thursdays. Um, but definitely follow us on Instagram to find out more about our schedule. We also got Comic Talk on Thursdays and we are talking the uh, Werewolf by Night on Sunday for the Keeg Talks. So we've got like four different shows this week. So definitely stay tuned. We've got a lot of cool stuff. Thank you to Kira. Definitely anybody out there, uh, go follow Kira. Go follow Sarah. Um, and uh, follow the Keeg. Uh, thank you everybody so much for coming on. Thank you so much for watching. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And this has been uh, the Andor After Show talking about episode five. Take care and see you guys next week. Bye-bye.